As we get ourselves ready for another big week of college football, some really good matchups uh, this weekend, especially in the SEC. I think there's some very intriguing games in the SEC. We head out to the waitfor.com hotline. Let's talk to our buddy. He is the national college football writer for the Sporting News, Bill Bender, joining us. Of course, you can check him out on his Twitter page, at BillBender92. Bill, as always, man, appreciate a few minutes in Atlanta as, believe it or not, we are a third of the way through the college football season. Yeah, and uh, thanks for having me on, and this thing goes quick. You know, it's a 14, 15-week sprint to the Bulls, and then we go from there. So uh, we try to enjoy each week, and like you said, there's definitely some intrigue this weekend. How, if you take Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, who are clearly the top three teams in the country, how big does the gap between where those teams are at and where the Michigans and Clemsons and Southern Cals and you know, Oklahoma State, San How big is that gap, do you think, right now, Bill? Well, I mean, we're going to find out with Ohio State and Michigan eventually. Um, that's the good thing about that is we'll see it on the field. I think there is a gap between those three and everybody else. I, Michigan is probably the closest because I think with J.J. McCarthy, as he continues to mature, they're going to be fine. And they had an off week last week. So did Georgia, honestly. I mean, you can't. Like, you can't say Michigan looked human and then, you know, just glaze over the fact that Kent State scored 22 on Georgia, right? And that's that's what I like to call, like, the nitpick part of the season, right? We're nitpicking teams when they're still going to win the football game. Bill, uh, and by the way, your Bobcats, right? They get Kent State uh, this weekend, so um, try not to beat them too bad. Yeah, my wife went to Kent, so oh, okay. I, I got to protect the house this weekend. We always – she doesn't really follow it All as right. much, you know, but uh, – it. Uh, He'll still say something if Kent wins. All so right. uh, the, we got to protect the house. The fight Nick Saban's of Kent State. So, anyway, um, look, Ohio State, I'm going to say right now, I'm going to go ahead, let's go hot take a little bit. They have about as good of a group of offensive personnel, and then when you mix in their offensive line, that I've seen in a long time because their depth at wide receiver, which we knew they were obviously terrific, but the fact that, you know, the best wide receiver maybe in the country hasn't played a whole lot. Now you have two running backs. Their quarterback is figuring things out. You know, again, I I am super excited about the idea of seeing an Ohio State potentially, you know, Georgia matchup because I want to see that personnel of Ohio State's offense, which it's just amazing against Georgia's defense. How It does look like right now, Bill, that this Ohio State offense is really kind of rounding into where we thought that they would be. Yeah, I mean, they had the 21 against Notre Dame. We all freaked out. Then all of a sudden, 77, 45, 50. They made it look easy against Wisconsin. I was in the press box for that last week. And they just, they're so much faster. I think that's what the thing that really stands out with me when I watch them is how fast they are, football fast. Um, amazing to watch. And you just said it. I mean, I wanted to see it last year. I wanted to see Ohio State's offense play against Georgia's defense last year. And, if it's possible, I think Ohio State's offense might be a little bit better because of that two running back system with Mayan Williams and Travion. And Georgia's defense, I can't say it's better because that's just a legendary all-time defense they had last year. But it's not like it's bad. It's very elite. Bill Benner joining us on the waitfor.com hotline, National College football writer for the Sporting News. When you start to look at the rest of the top ten, the Michigan's, Clemson, Southern Cal, Kentucky, Tennessee – who do you think is the most real of, let's say, that next group of teams in that top 12-15? And who do you still have some real question marks about? 
I mean, I think if Clemson beats NC State, they'll answer all of my questions. You know, like the fact that DJ Duongalele was amazing on third down against Wake Forest with those big-time throws. Um, defense got lit up a little bit, though. Um, I really like USC. I like the glamour factor. You know, I, I like Caleb Williams, Jordan Addison. That offense, I think, it can be elite. Um but I don't know if they have the guys on defense to do it. They've relied a lot on turnovers. And um, you know, the rest from there, I mean, like I said, Michigan's a little bit – I think they're probably the best of the three right now. But um, they've also got the least experienced quarterback right now in J.J. McCarthy, who hasn't had a lot of starts. going to make his first road start in what could be a tough game against Iowa this weekend. Bill, I had a chance to talk at SEC Media Days with Hendon Hooker. I love what Josh Heupel's doing. I, I, I'm enjoying this Tennessee team. Uh, I thought that was a terrific win, and I thought both quarterbacks were outstanding in that game. I wonder, Bill, if – and I'm not saying Tennessee is going to beat Georgia, but with that kind of offense and that personnel, to me it feels like if you're going to beat Georgia, you're going to have to find a way at some point to score some points against Georgia. You can't, you can't just hope that you do. You're going to have to make some plays against them. It feels like that Tennessee offense, that's another group that's starting to really round into form, and Hendon Hooker's been amazing this year. Yeah, and they've got a 50-point offense, and I think you hit it. You're not going to beat – if you're Tennessee, you're not going to beat Georgia 24-17. to You're going to have to do what Alabama did to Georgia in the SEC championship game where you just get the defense out of sorts, and it's very rare that that happens. But if Hendon Hooker can make huge plays – they get healthy at receiver. I like how they, you know, in the past, as you know from watching Tennessee, they probably find a way to lose that game to Florida. And they tried to at the end, but uh, they, they didn't lose the game. So I'm interested to see how they come out of the bye week with a top 10 ranking against an improved LSU team. If they can win that, I think we're going to get the answer to our question when Alabama rolls into Neyland on the third Saturday in October. Bill Bender from the Sporting News joining us on the WadeFord.com hotline, National College football writer. Is it amazing that Kentucky's gotten a 4-0, considering that Chris Rodriguez is just coming back now this week against Old Miss? I mean, look, I think he's as good a running back as there is in the SEC and uh, obviously a big part of what they want to do. But it does say a lot about Will Levis and what this team has been able to do to get to 4-0 without even having him in the lineup. There's a toughness about that program that I really appreciate with Mark Stoops. And you know what is interesting this weekend as they get ready to play Ole Miss, there's a little bit of a toughness around Lane Kiffin's program too. They're they're running the ball for 280 yards a game. Um, that's impressive. And, you know, I think that's where this game is going to be won. If they get Rodriguez back, can they establish a run? Can they control a little the clock a little bit on the road? Those two teams played a thriller in 2020. I'm wondering if they won't do it again. But, yeah, I mean, I'm very impressed with Kentucky, the quarterback, three 300-yard games so far for Will Levis, and uh, trying to keep that momentum going there in uh, Lexington. And maybe they are a football school after all. (laughs) And, by the way, quick tease uh, for our listening audience, I am actually going to talk to Mark Stoops tomorrow. We will play that on our college football, college football game time show coming up on Saturday. Bill, uh, let's let's switch over here locally to you know obviously the big one of the big news is in college football just what's going on at uh, at Georgia Tech you know I, I more than the right fit or who's going to be the next guy and things like that 
I've said this about Nebraska, and I'm saying the same things about Georgia Tech. At some point, those programs, more than figuring out who's next, need to figure out why did it not work. They went the alumni route. They went with rah-rah. They went with two guys that I thought were good young coaches, and it just blew up at both programs. And it seems like before we get into discussing who's next, there has to be some soul-searching about why did it not work with these two guys given – you know, what they were walking into and, and given what the situations were that neither one of those guys were able to figure out how to turn those programs around. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting you said that because I looked at this the other day. that Since 2015, Georgia Tech and Nebraska essentially have the same record. Mm-hmm. You know, they're right bunched up together. And I think it's figuring out the why for sure. For Nebraska, I think part of that is not trying to recreate the Osborne era and just moving on and being open to new things. And at the time they hired Bill Callahan, yeah, they weren't ready for that. But now it's been 25 years. It's time to move on. Georgia Tech, it's finding a way, finding a coach that can recruit Georgia, try to catch up with – It's. I think the Georgia Tech job's harder, actually, because you're dealing with an in-state monster in Georgia that's established and producing NFL talent at a record level. So I don't know if Dion's that or – you know what I mean? But I do I – do, write a piece for tomorrow that says this is the new reality in college football that guys are getting fired during the season it's already three power five coaches there might be four and five on the way with Carl Burrell and Brian Harzen and I think it's about the recruiting calendar and getting a head start for the next year you know you know Bill I brought this up the other night talking to one of the beat reporters for Georgia Tech I, I think where and and it, it's funny that you said what you said Tech's got to get back to focusing on winning the ACC Coastal. You can't worry about Georgia. You can't worry about being in that level. You can't, and I know we're talking in-state rival. I get it, Auburn. Listen, if if Harson beats Alabama last year, the conversation is totally different where we're at right now. You can't think that way at Tech right now. The gap between where Georgia and Georgia Tech is is maybe more than it's ever been in anybody's lifetime right now. But... That doesn't mean that you're that far away from Virginia, Duke, Virginia Tech, those kinds of programs. And and I think Tech has to get away from worrying about winning the press conference, focus on a guy who can come in and build a program that can win in your division, the ACC. You get good enough, then we can at some point talk about Georgia. But I think that's the mistake that people are getting into around that program is thinking that, you know, hey, we got to try to – you're not going to close the gap right now in Georgia if you're Tech. That's fair, and that's a fair assessment. And, you know, like I said, I, I did the record from 2015. and 2014, you had an 11-win program that played in a New Year's Day six bowl. So it's not like it can't be done at Georgia Tech. Um, you're exactly right. The Coastal's very wide open from year to year. We have trouble picking the winner of that division, partially because Miami doesn't really have its act together. Um, you know, that was proven once again last week. Um, so yeah, you find somebody like that, an up and comer. I mean, like a guy like Jamie Chadwell would probably be a hit down yeah. there. That that's my that Bill, done. that's my number one name is I'd I'd like to see he's only making I think eight or nine hundred thousand right now. But you know the crazy thing is, is Coastal Carolina right now not a better program than Georgia Tech? I mean you can, they're probably going to play in the New Year's Day Six School this year, <laughs> the way they're playing. And yeah. the way – I just like 
when you watch, you know, there's certain teams, and I, you know, I don't watch, have time to watch all 131 teams on any given week. But I will say this: when Coastal's on, I keep the remote on that mm-hmm. game for a while because I enjoy. I think their offense is just fun to watch around a guy like Grayson McCall. And Georgia Tech can get a Grayson McCall type player there, no question. Last thing for you, Bill. Uh, and by the way, that yeah, I mean that offense took one play to score against Georgia State. Uh, last week but anyway um if brian harson is the most on the hot seat coach going right now who's after him who who else is out there that needs to get some things figured out i mean i think mike norvell has done a really nice job with florida state this year but who's kind of that next guy that that better be looking over his shoulder if he doesn't get some things figured out well i won't even say carl burrell in colorado he's also in real trouble because of the way that they're getting beat and they may press reset again. Um, you know, from there, it's, I don't know that there's somebody that jumps off the page necessarily. Say Neil Brown as a loser of that West Virginia, Texas game is going to feel a little bit. I don't think Steve Sarkeesian is going to get fired, but if Texas is sitting there after the Alabama game and they're sitting there at two and three, that's going to make some headlines, headlines that I didn't think would happen but partially because Quinn Ewers got hurt. I mean, I, that's one injury that I really think changed a lot of things there in week two, changed it for Texas, for Alabama, and uh, the season at large. Well, it's going to be interesting. We've got a lot of good matchups coming uh, this weekend, especially in the SEC, and he is the national college football writer for the Sporting News. Check out all of his work at sportingnews.com and follow him on Twitter at BillBender92. Bill, as always, man, appreciate it, buddy. Thanks for a few minutes. We will chat again soon. Thanks for having me on. Take care.